This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. So you've just turned 18 and you're wondering, great, I'm an adult. Now what? Well, we have an episode just for you. Azara and I came up with a checklist of 18 things to do now that you've turned 18. This list will cover everything from things to start doing with your money today, lifestyle goals, keeping yourself fit and healthy, and things to take control of in your life. Now, whether you're 18 or 28, this list can remind you of something in your life that you could change for the better today. So let's jump in. My name's Nate, and you're listening to Gen Z Money. Zara and I are here to show you 18 things to do when you turn 18. We sure are. We've got a whole list of a massive range of things to do when you turn 18. And it was really fun to come up with these ideas, Nate. It brought us back to being 18. So, first cab off the rank. Probably the most important thing. It earned its way up here. Register to vote. Mm. Mm. Zara, what do you think about this? Well, I I was actually going to ask you, Nate, because I am not registered to vote. Not because I'm (gasps) naughty, (laughs) but because I'm not a citizen yet. (laughs) Wow, what? Yeah. So I promise I'm not trying to trying to do anything illegal. I've just sat my citizenship test, so um, I'm really excited to be able to register to vote. But it's been a long time since I turned 18, so you'll have to te- you'll have to explain what that process looks like. Wow! Now. How did I not know this? <laughs> yeah. So this is super important because in this country, it's compulsory to vote at the age of 18 if you register. That is, and. If you want to make a change uh, legislatively or be represented by a party more so than another, then yeah, this is super important. And first off the rank, don't just do it because, uh, do it because you want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, to do that, just go to aec.gov.au forward slash enroll and you'll be able to do that no problems unless you're like Azaria and you're not actually a citizen. (laughs) (laughs) then just don't worry about it. (laughs) It's all out of your hands. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, there are plenty of um, tests as well to figure out what party represents your values the most. So, uh, feel free to look that up for yourself and uh, find local members and national parties that align with your values the most and vote that way. Definitely. So, first cap off the rank, that's a pretty big point. (laughs) Yep. Definitely. And then number two, what we've got here is if you haven't already, apply for your own Medicare card. So, Mm. if you're anything like me, it wasn't until I was 20-something that I actually got my butt into gear and got myself off my parents' Medicare card. Um, So, that's a super easy process. So, to get your Medicare card, you can just apply for that online. Um, it's really quick process and you'll get that posted out to you and you'll never have to worry about borrowing the family Medicare card when you go to the doctor. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Or having the scroll through your photos to find the right one of what number you are in the family, especially if there's oh, a few siblings I did that around. so many times. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, apply for your own Medicare card. And that ties into our next point. Point number three, register for MyGov. Okay. So, uh, that's my.gov.au. Make an account through there. If you've had to register for Centrelink before or linking the ATO to your service, then you will have an account. But be sure to check up that you're not missing out on any services like Medicare. This is where all of your uh, relevant information like ATO sending you 
uh, inboxes, Medicare sending you stuff. You can apply to be an Australian organ donor. You can also go through the ATO on MyGov and double check that your super funds are all good because if you've worked a couple jobs before, you might have a couple super funds to your name. So, if you go through there, just double check that that service is linked and that you haven't got multiple funds to your name. Mm. There's so much stuff you can do like the MyGov app as well. And just double check that you have that account up and running, that you remember your security questions and make sure that's all good. Yes. And that's also where you'll be doing your tax returns if you choose to do your own tax returns in the future too. Mm. So that's definitely a good one. Awesome. The number four we've got here, um, this isn't necessarily something that you have to do when you turn 18, but I think it's a good idea generally is to sort out the apps on your phone and make sure you have all of the things that you're going to need now that you are an independent adult. So I'm thinking things like your banking apps, any investing apps you might have. Um, The Medicare app is quite handy. I also like having Google Drive on there. So I have access to documents and things like that. Um, So just, yeah, sort out what apps you've got on your phone. Are there any apps, Nath, that you couldn't live without? Actually, an app that I couldn't live without is the like the My Seven Eleven app? Have you used that? <laughs> yeah, I only downloaded it for the first time the other day, and I was mind blown. I can't imagine how much money I've been wasting on petrol having not used this app. Oh my goodness, I have been frothing on it. Well, I think I saw it in the Facebook group probably a few months ago. And if you don't know about the Seven Eleven app, uh, the app's fine, but the feature of Fuel Lock is so good. Like if you travel a bit for work, like me. It's actually super handy because you get different geographical price ranges for fuel. <laughs> so, sometimes I'm saving like 20 cents a litre on on fuel and it's just remarkable. And like, I love seeing the look on the attendant's face when I said, you saved 10 bucks. <laughs> $10, that's so good. I've saved yeah, like $10 I've... a few times. Yeah, I got my butt kicked into gear recently because I went to 7-Eleven, just like some random 7-Eleven to fill up because I only fill up my car maybe like once a month. And she asked me straight away, do you have the 7-Eleven app? And I was like, oh, no. And she's like, you should have the 7-Eleven app. You could save yes. money on petrol. <laughs> and I was like, yes. thank you. I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a useful app. That's probably, it doesn't pertain to our uh, list of necessary things to download on your phone when you turn 18. But hey, that's changed my life recently. <laughs> Definitely. Big money saver, especially if you're turning 18 now with these petrol prices, you're going to want to be saving as much as you can. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yes. So that was point number four. Get all the apps on your phone sorted. Uh, And moving on to point number five, start a Google Drive folder of all your life admin stuff. Interesting. See, you added this in, Azari. Is this a system that you use? Yeah, so I had to I had to use it a while ago because I had to scan like my passport, a certified copy of my passport and I think my ID for something back in the day. And then I just found myself constantly referring to it um, because it was super handy when I was filling out things online. So I've made a bit of a, uh, a system of folders in Google Drive for life admin, finances and things like that. Um, so yeah, when I was applying for this rental that I live in now, I stored all the documents in there, my lease agreements and things like that. It's just always ha- good to have one central place where you've got all that information and you can access it from your phone if you have the Google Drive app. And you might mm. do this in Dropbox or something like that too, but it just helps you feel like you've got your stuff together. Um, and yeah, really good to have those reference points when you need important documents. Yeah, of course. And even do you use it for tax as well when it comes to like invoices? Uh, yeah. Anything that you do that you can get a tax break on? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I have all of my relevant like information just on like a note in my phone. I don't know if that's good. 
Um, I <laughs> so do you have scans in there as well, or? Oh, just like usernames, uh, specific like numbers for different apps that I use, and mm-hmm. sign up info and stuff like that. But passport, I haven't thought about scanning a passport before or a scan of my license as well. That's one that comes up mm. a lot. But yeah, if you need 100 points of ID for something, then like you need all those things on here, like birth certificate, um, mm-hmm. driver's license, passport, Medicare card sometimes. You need a lot of stuff. So that's definitely something worth doing. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to start that up probably this afternoon. Love it. <laughs> So we were chatting about number six beforehand, Nath, and that was about setting up a bit of a bank account system. How would you like to set up your bank account? So how did how did you do this, Nath? Okay, so when I first started, I probably had one transaction account and one savings account, you know, just mm-hmm. the go-to. I was set up at 15, I think, when I first started working, 14, 15, and, you know, you put savings away because mum and dad tell you to. You pull it out when you want to buy a new game. You know, it's just <laughs> like the rite of passage for a young person, Thursday night, late night shopping kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so that was probably my first look in. From there, I realized I could make new savings accounts. So I had like three or four savings accounts with that bank. But it just wasn't working for me because like if something came up like an emergency or car rego, that would just ruin me every year. I feel like all oh, my savings was to keep the car legally registered. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm trying to do other things. I'm trying to go to concerts. I'm trying to uh, travel around. I'm trying to do cool things with my friends. And I felt like I couldn't. So, that's when I met the Glenn James spending plan and that changed my life. Because think about my 18-year-old self with no clue with money, but also in a couple years, I, I would have had a full-time income being paid monthly. Mm-hmm. So, that was a scary like little phase of my life. I think for three months, I went just blowing my monthly income. Yeah. And that's when I was freaking out going like, I don't have any food for, to eat. <laughs> I can't <laughs> buy anything because I've just bought heaps of crap because once a month, I get a lump sum. So, yep. uh, we have a link in the show notes. It's in the show notes every week. If you need help organizing your finances, the Glenn James Spending Plan is so good. It has changed the way I see money and how I react to money and it really helped me organize with having a blow account. So, that's the way I manage it now where I send money to a completely separate bank account from my savings to give me license to spend on food, drink, fuel, entertainment. Mm-hmm. And that alone has really bolstered my ability to spend money and my ability to save money. So, whatever that looks like for you, set it up and know what it costs for you to exist. And I guarantee things will change for the better. Yeah. And if you get on that system at 18 and you're going to follow that for the rest of your life, you're going to save yourself so much wasted money, so much confusion. It's really, really good to get that habit set up early. So, if you do need help managing your cash, not only do we have the Glen Jane Spending Plan, which is a spreadsheet that will guide you with your finances, your ingoings and outgoings. There's also an online course that Glenn did under the same name. And if you use the code GENZ, you'll get $20 off that price. So, seriously, check that out. The link's in the show notes. And if you see a friend that's struggling with money, tell them about it too. Because I guarantee you, they'll be much better off. So, you've got your bank account set up. You've started using the Glen James Spending Plan. You're feeling good. Now, we go on to point seven. Start tracking your spending and net worth. Hmm. Hmm. Azaria, what do you do about this? 
Yeah, so I set up a spreadsheet, again, that's saved in Google Drive um, through Google Sheets. And this spreadsheet is like my personal finance hub. So at the end of each month, I'll update my spending tracking. So I'll use an outside app. You can use anything like Pocketbook, Money Brilliant, WeMoney, whatever it is you use. And then I write down how much I've spent on a bunch of different categories so I can keep track of my spending. I also update my net worth. So your net worth is just what everything you own minus everything that you owe. So any debts. Um, so that gives me a good idea of how I'm tracking and if I'm doing well with my money. And then in that spreadsheet, I also have just my general budget of what my expenses are. So each month I'll have a look and see if there's any direct debits I don't need anymore um, mm. or anything that I need to add to the, the spreadsheet. And another thing I've done, Nath, which a bit random, you might like this too, is I went back through my gov, as we've said, and I went through all my old tax returns and I calculated roughly what I would have earned from the age of like 14. And I did like a historical <laughs> income tracker. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Were you bored? Are you okay? I must have been. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it was so interesting. So I set up a chart that showed how much I've made every financial year from when I started working. And it's just really encouraging and like cool to see that going up. And there were some years in university where I, my, my income went down and some years where it was a bit higher, but I love having that. It's I find it so motivating because it makes me always want to earn more than I did the previous year. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think generally just having a spreadsheet with all your money stuff in it and, and updating it once a month, that's a really good habit to have. And also as well, with some of these apps that you mentioned, uh, like We Money, Money Brilliant, they, you can link all of your different bank accounts and your super account as well to see all mm-hmm. of your balances. So, instead of manually, you know, if you wanted to micro in on your money and see, instead of logging into your super, which I doubt any teenager is doing, <laughs> uh, and seeing you've got money there, money in your savings, you can compile all of that information given that you have the login details and all of that. And you can see in the one place, all of your different balances all added up and it's super handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's either way, if you do it manually, if you're nerdy and bored like me, or if you want to um, <laughs> streamline the process and use these apps, and these apps are really cool. They look really good. They're really easy to use. Yeah, I agree. I think as long as you're doing it in some way and just being conscious of where your money's going and how you're traveling, um, that's a really good thing to do when you start turning 18. Yeah, it is. And then number eight, another thing that I found really helpful when I was younger and something that I still do now is having, if you have a friend who's also um, money minded and is good with their money, it's really great, I think, to have an accountability buddy. So I have one friend who knows my income, knows my spending, knows things like that, and I know his too. So that we can kind of pull each other in when we're going a bit overboard, um, talk about our money concerns, talk about our money goals. It's just really good to have that person to be accountable and to and to encourage you. Yeah, of course. Support around you is awesome in that regard because the cultural thing about money is generally it's a bit taboo. I never mm. like I still don't know what my parents earn. <laughs> yeah. Is that weird? I like it's not <laughs> it's not something that is generally talked about. And no. if you're safe and secure with someone that you're good friends with, then uh, honestly, that lack of a wall in secrecy, mm. but also you're, you're bearing all of yourself, you know, your goals, a lot of it's tied to money. Mm-hmm. So, any totally. personal goals of yours, if you have that, that cheerleader in your corner that's able to 
uh, support you when things aren't going great with money or uh, if you feel like you're slipping away from a goal, like that, that person in your corner can really change the game. Yeah, totally. And then when you're coming up to things like furthering your career, if you're looking to ask for pay rises, it's really good to have that person who understands. Um, they're not going to judge you when you bring that up or try and cut you down. Um, yep. They're going to be encouraging and supportive. And yeah, I think it's really, really good to have those people in your life. Definitely, definitely. And Nate, there's another really big thing you can do when you turn 18 with your money. What is that? Pop the champagne. It's time to get invested, baby. (laughs) It is that time. Start experiencing compound interest right now. Start finding uh, micro-investing platforms. If you're thinking that investing is a suit and tie day trader operation, you can only deal with four-figure sums. That is not the way (laughs) of the future. You can round up your money and send that to uh, ETFs and over time, if you're diligent, uh, especially with Roundup investing, you can feel like an investing mogul without even trying. Mm, totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think this is such a great time to be turning 18 because I remember when I turned 18, it did exactly what you were saying. It felt like you needed to have a lot of money. There were a lot of minimum, um, like at least $5,000 to open a lot of the accounts. But now you've got mm. micro investing. You've got these brokerage accounts, which are really cheap, really easy to use. Don't spend too much time thinking about the brokerage account. Just figure out what you want to do. Get started even with a small amount and you've already built that habit and you've already got past the hardest part, which is just starting. That's right. That's right. And Finder have a great piece on comparing all the different micro-investing platforms. So, yeah, refer to them and just see what fits the bill for you with fees, the amount of times you'll invest And yeah, they lay it out on a platter for you just to make the right decision. Awesome. Okay. So, with those nine tips, you should be able to get your finances sorted and not just sorted, but flourishing. So, keeping that in mind, not all things in life are money related. Mm -hmm. So, you're 18 now. You're a legal adult in Australia. Now's the time to think about your health, your independence and what that means for you. So, Azaria, what's our point number 10? So, point number 10 is finding a GP that you're comfortable with. So, you Mm. might have a family GP that you've been attending for yonks. They might be a bit old and stale. You're not really that fussed about them, but it's just the one your family's been going to. (laughs) Um, You can pick any GP. And I know, Nath, that you mentioned that you made a really intentional choice about your GP. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. I think it was... Three years ago now, I decided that like I had a lot of health things going on around me and I was like, I haven't seen my GP since I was probably 10. (laughs) (laughs) I've just been like nothing, mate. Like it was either emergency room kind of injury or I I don't know, just stay at home for the day. You'll be right. (laughs) See, this is, I hear this from so many males. I feel like this is the male condition (laughs) without stereotyping. (laughs) No, it's yeah, so it's definitely true. <laughs> so, I remember seeing my family GP when I was uh, 20, I think, and I just felt like, okay, yeah, this was good for a period of my life, but now becoming uh, an adult, I need to see someone that's tailored to me. So, uh, mm-hmm. the clinic that I go to that's local to me, they have a big list of all the uh, doctors that they have available and what they specialize in. And it's not 
like medical specific kind of terms. It can be like that, but it's also just social stuff. And the Mm -hmm. person that I went with, they had in their bio that they specialize in young adult males and mental health. And I was like, I didn't know I could pick a GP based of this kind of criteria. I thought it'd be more like, ah, yeah, I do with musculoskeletal injuries, you know, like Mm. uh, very technical stuff. But no, there's uh, a lot of ability to really tailor your health experience. So... Uh, and this is the person that you're trusting with a lot of information about you. So, yeah, if you totally. want someone to do a write-up to see psychologist visits or therapist visits or uh, any sort of physical health stuff, then really tailor your experience to your GP. Yeah, I think that's great advice. You're 18 now. It's time to take your health into your own hands and make those decisions. So, that's awesome. And similar similar to you, Nathan, I made sure I picked a doctor because I preferred to have a female doctor. I think that's pretty natural mm. for people to want to see their own gender. So, yeah, I think that's a really good tip and a really good thing to do. Uh, what have we got here for number 11? Number 11. It's time to take over that gym membership. Mm-hmm. So, for a lot of sign-up processes with gyms around the country, you can sign up as a teenager, 14, 15, 16, but you need a uh, parent or guardian to sign. There's lots mm-hmm. of criteria around you can't go in outside of staffed hours. Now that you're an adult, it's time to change that. So maybe sign on your own behalf, sign the dotted line and uh, take control of that gym membership. Is this something that you did when you were 18, Azara? Yeah. So it took me a while to be ready to get a gym membership because um, I just knew that for a long time there, I wasn't going to use it if I'd signed up. But when I was ready to sign up for the gym, um, what I did and what I'll always do moving forward, no matter where I live, is instead of signing up with the gym directly, I would go on to Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree and see who was trying to um, transfer their gym membership. So a lot of people will sign up oh. for these 12-month gym memberships but then they might move into state, but they still have to have that contract completed. So most gyms will allow people to take over a contract. You might maybe pay 50 bucks, a hundred bucks to take over the contract, but it means that you've got a much shorter contract length. So for example, the one I've got now, I think I bought that with four months left on someone's contract. Wow. So I was only locked in for four months um, and now I can cancel any time. So that worked out really well for me. What the heck? That's amazing. I haven't thought of that at all. <laughs> yeah. I just see. I just don't like the commitment of twelve months, Nate. That's just way too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got commitment issues, girl. You got. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> but do they um, with people selling those? Is, do they do it at a discounted rate because they kind of want it gone and they don't want to pay for it? What's the deal with cost for that? Yeah, I found that people will often offer to cover all of the transfer fees. So there is a transfer fee and if they're desperate, they'll be like, uh-huh. I'll cover everything. You don't pay anything. You just take over my rate. And the good thing is, right. is that the person that you're taking over, they might have been a foundation member. So they might have locked in a cheaper gym price than what you could get if you went into the gym today and signed up. <laughs> wow. So that's a really good bonus as well. I don't know why everyone's not doing this. <laughs> wow. So you've been contract flipping. You've been- Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Oh, well, that's awesome. So, we've started off our health list. Number 10, find a GP. Number 11, gym memberships. Now, Azaria, what's our next one? 
Yeah. So number 12, speaking about health, if you're, you know, someone who's seeing the doctor, um, when you need to see the doctor, you're going to the gym, you're keeping healthy and you're young. These are all really great components to getting your personal insurances sorted out. So when I say personal insurances, I'm talking about things like your life, your disability, your trauma and your income protection insurance. Now, a lot of people think, why would I need that stuff? I'm only 18. It's not a big deal. Now, the reason you might want to look at getting these things while you're young is because there are a few factors that influence your insurance premiums. The first one is your age. And the younger you are, generally the cheaper your insurance premiums are going to be. The second big thing is your health. So the healthier you are, let's say, for example, if you're young, you're yet to experience any major health issues, um, there's a good chance that you'll be able to get what we call standard rates. Um, and And the good thing about getting these insurances when you're young is you can lock in your premiums at the age that you are now, which means that your insurance premiums won't increase purely based on your age. You'll technically be paying the rate of a young, you know, 18, 20 something year old, um, for the life of the policy. So I would highly recommend heading to the sort your money out website. There's a link there to, um, seek advice, um, and talk to an advisor who can talk you through that process, um, and see what it it could entail to take out insurance while you're young and save yourself that money over the long term. Awesome. Love it. Great. So that's 12 points down. Our next one now, number 13, Mobile plans and contracts. It's time to look at your options. It sure is. What did you do when you turned 18, Nate? Did you get put onto a a phone plan or what was your process? I was a prepaid boy forever and ever. I think all through like the majority of high school, I was prepaid because my parents couldn't trust me with a phone as a teenager. (laughs) I kept on like going swimming with them. Um, Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So I was, yeah, I was on the iPhone 3 when the 6s were out. I remember I I just Mm -hmm. used cheap phones all the time and just prepaid it. But yeah, when I was 18, I decided to try a mobile plan for the first time. Just did a little bit of research around uh, pricing and cost and contracts themselves. And yeah, I got that sorted without having the crutch of a parent because Mm. actually my partner experienced this recently. As a 21-year-old, she had to go into uh, Telstra and say, I want a new phone, please. This one's paid out. I I would like to start a new plan. They said, sorry. This is technically your dad's phone because you signed up with him. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, she had to go, leave, come back with the dad, get that all sorted. For a 21-year-old, that's like, it, it's pretty demeaning. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sure they probably get it all the time though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is this, have you done something similar with your mobile plan when you were 18? Yeah, I was super keen to get on my own mobile plan when I turned 18 because I really wanted a new phone. But now I'm, I'm getting to the point now, I've been on a mobile plan for a few years where I'm thinking about just paying out the rest of my contract and just doing a SIM only thing. Um, mm. But yeah, it's now at 18, you can apply for your own mo- mobile phone contract. So have a look into that. Um, and yeah, stop relying on your on your parents. <laughs> or if yes. they do want to keep paying for your mobile phone, then I wouldn't say no. <laughs> oh yeah, all this has a caveat of just if your parents can pay for it, do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so point number 14. Zara, what have you got? So, number 14, um, when you turn 18, you're able to apply for a passport if you haven't already got one. Woo. So, you don't need parents to get your passport. You can just go ahead and do that yourself. 
Um, and I think even if you don't have any immediate travel plans, it's really, really good to have that passport there. They last for like 10 years. Um, so if you're planning on leaving the country at any point in the next 10 years, get your passport sorted out now so that you're not scrambling to do it uh, with a last minute trip to Bali. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It will catch you out. That process can be long and arduous. Mm-hmm. So, getting it now, look, 10 years is a long time. And make sure you like the way you look because, yeah, that's <laughs> a long time. I had a dodgy haircut when I did my first <laughs> Really? <laughs> How long are you I had a big, like, I mean, I had like big emo fringe kind of thing. It was, oh, <laughs> glorious. Uh, yeah, that was that was there for a good few years. And now I've changed it. So, that's all good. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And then number 15, Nath, what are you going to do with that passport? You got to travel, bish, travel. Let's go. (laughs) Um, But pay for it with your own money. Um, don't, yeah. don't get a, don't get a loan to go travel to Europe. You'll be paying that Mm -hmm. off for a long time, but this is the best time to experience travel. You kind of experience the real world when you travel as a teenager Mm. and the onus is on you with everything. Uh, It's a really cool and empowering experience, I think. You experience the world off our island Mm -hmm. and you grow because of it. Totally. Yeah. Have you had a similar experience with your travel? Yeah. I think when I finished high school, but my partner at the time and I made plans to go travel New Zealand for a couple of weeks. So we had hired a car, which was is very expensive when you're under mm-hmm. 21, 25, I think. But um, Ooh, yeah. yeah, it was something we saved up for for a really long time. And it's just so good to, yeah, as you say, get out of the country, um, see see the world from a different perspective. Um, mm. And I just think it makes you more more worldly person. I think for me, it really gave me a lot of motivation to work hard at uni and work hard in my career so that I could afford to keep traveling. Um, So, it just has a a knock-on effect. I would definitely- That's right. Definitely recommend that. And what about you, Nath? Where was your first overseas trip? My first overseas trip, I went to Sri Lanka. And yeah, that was incredible. And yeah, the experience there was awesome and a real culture shock. You know, like we didn't just go to the Western kind of cities, the the more kind of cities tailored for, you know, white folk, but you, we went to the Eastern side of the country, which recently had been like within 10 years had been ravaged by civil war, you know, mm-hmm. and it was a real welcome culture shock to realize I'm so privileged. I'm so thankful <laughs> to be, you know, born in the lucky dip country. Like, mm-hmm. so thankful to be born in Australia and to experience that is, I would almost say necessary. Yeah, I <laughs> And agree. it's, oh, and other countries like New Zealand, I went to Europe for a brief trip when I was older and like, yeah, all of it is, uh, all of it is learning experience. And as well, you, you think about, have you seen that photo of the retired couple going through the canals, probably in Venice on one of those nice boats, getting paddled through, and they're both asleep. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, so much is said in that one photo. <laughs> so much. And it's like, it's seriously, life can become a real hamster, real wheel, wheel quick <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't even repeat that. That was great. <laughs> that was not meant to be a pun. That was, oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> I will forget that happened. Uh, <laughs> but you don't want to get stuck on that. Like, next thing you know, you're in your 20s and you're thinking, oh, like, there's a lot of things tying you down to a place, you know? Mm. And you'll think, okay, when the, the old kind of way of thinking is like, when I retire... I'll be able to do all of this. Or it's like, mm-hmm. is it actually going to be as enjoyable? Yeah, there's probably time for you to travel when there's more time on your hand, but less energy. Mm. Uh, you're not as physically and mentally all there as you are when you're 18. So, if it's a priority yep. to you, then this is the perfect time. Totally agree. 100%. So, number 16, Nath, um, obviously, we, we want to be off jet-setting around the world, blah, blah, blah. But when we are at home... Maybe we've been paying board while we've been in high school. Maybe we've just got a job and our our parents want to charge us rent. What's something that we can maybe look at doing here? Well, yeah, this point is get a rental arrangement sorted if you're still living at home. Mm -hmm. And with this, big caveat, different parents have different styles. My partner's parents decided, no, you've gone to uni. We won't accept any rent money because we would rather you not go into debt while at uni. We'd rather you... Mm. Uh, live okay under our roof. Whereas my parents were like, no, you'll pay rent here. You'll get exposed to the real world. But whichever side of the coin you're on, get something in writing with your parents and have a chat with your parents or guardian to uh, figure out what a rental arrangement would be like. And this is what I think best case scenario would be. And I've experienced this in my family, not personally, sadly, as you'll hear. (laughs) My parents had this arrangement with a member of our family that decided that you'll pay money, you'll pay X amount a week and actually when you leave, we will have put a portion of that rent to a savings account under our name that you'll get when you leave home. And that is like such a blessing because it's twofold. You learn a bit about the real world, there's costs involved, not everything's for free. But also, when the time comes, you get this lump sum of just like, sick, I can start my life as an adult and mm. that can help pay your rental bond and uh, get that all sorted and uh, buy furniture for your future place or go towards travel when you realize, oh, I, I want to move out, travel, come back home and stay somewhere. So, it creates, I would put this idea forward to your parents and say, I would like to initiate a rental arrangement with you to force myself to save. Mm. And Mm -hmm. what parents are going to say no to that? You're going to be off their back. So, (laughs) (laughs) you're not going to be mooching off them if you're spending a bit more in rent to them. Exactly. Did you pay rent when you were living at home, Zara? Yeah, I think I did. Um, It was was an interesting situation because my parents were in in different had different perspectives. So my mum wanted to charge me board as soon as I finished high school. My dad said she's a uni student, give her a break. Um, so I think we settled somewhere in the middle <laughs> and I did end up paying some board, but it wasn't a lot of money because my dad was yeah. insisting that if you're studying, um, it would at least be subsidised board. So I can't remember how much it was back then, maybe like 50 to 70 yeah. bucks a week. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a pretty good deal. Yeah, that was the same for me in that scenario. So like, look, I didn't spend too much on rent above my means. But yeah, I think if you want to force yourself to save, if you are spending a lot of money, then having your parents to rely on with that going, like, hey, I actually want to trust you with some savings, then I think it's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, if that's something that, that can work in your family, I think that's an awesome idea. Okay, so that's number 16.17. Azaria, you love this one. What is it? 
<laughs> My point number 17 would be to read Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm. I think that this should be mandatory reading for every 18-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> the government should make this an actual thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And my reason for thinking this is that the book's all about the science, I guess, of setting up good habits. And if you can set up good habits at 18 around your money, around your health, um, around your values, and you can carry that through your life, it's going to guide you really well and it's going to stop you from making some painful mistakes um, Mm. later in your life. Definitely worth doing, which reminds me I've got to finish it. I hate every time we bring this up. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> See, I need to be your accountability buddy just for reading this book. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I need your help. <laughs> so, point 17 done. It's all leading up to this. You've turned 18. What do we do now? Mate, it's time to get on the beers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> or cocktail if you're that way inclined. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> What was your first drink, Nath, when you turned 18? What did you buy? Oh. Oh, no. Ew. I think it was a little fat lamb. Oh, really? <laughs> oh bless. <laughs> Look, it can only go up from there. <laughs> oh, ew. Don't drink that. <laughs> what about you? I think... I was actually at schoolies at the time. I was one of those people that turned 18 during schoolies. So, I think I went and nice. bought a big slab of, like... Woodstock and Coke or something like that. Oh, damn. <laughs> something weird like that. <laughs> oh, oh, great fun, great fun. But <laughs> I do just want to say this is not as encouraging encouraging drinking culture. If you don't drink, that's cool. Um, one thing I thought was good to get out of the way when I was young, though, was to go to a nightclub and realise I'm really not missing out. <laughs> then I did not go to many mm. nightclubs again after that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because... Oh, I had to phase myself out of that as well. It was like mm. I, I realized I spent so much money on an experience that isn't ideal. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> I don't know what the clubs are like in the Central Coast, Nath. Are they, I wonder if they're anything like Surfers Paradise was. <laughs> oh, garbage. Anyone from the Central Coast knows that you've got to go to Newcastle <laughs> or Sydney. Oh, really? <laughs> Hot tip for any uh, Central Coast 18-year-olds out there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But with this point, hand in hand, you've made it this far. You've got to celebrate something. You've got to celebrate something. If it's not alcohol, then uh, find the way that you celebrate. Read a good book. Watch a Netflix show by yourself. Whatever. Treat yourself to something. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Buy yourself a massive, massive dinner. Like just go out to an Italian place and order like three mains because you're not only going to turn 18 once. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Okay, so congratulations. Not only have you made it to 18, you've made it through this episode with all of these tips. Use them wisely. You can only go up. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And if you're, if you're just about to turn 18 and you're already listening to personal finance podcasts, I take my hat off to you. You are a gun. You are already way ahead. Um, and if you want to stay ahead, Come join us in the My Millennial Money Facebook group. There's plenty of young people in there chatting about money. It's a really supportive environment um, to, yeah, be open about your money and that'll serve you well moving forward. So come say hello to us in the group. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We'd love to see you in there. And if you like what you hear and you've got any ideas, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. 
And if you have any ideas for the podcast, leave that in there or go to Gen Z Money on Instagram or post in the Facebook group. We'd love to hear from you and we'd love to bring tailored content specifically for Gen Z people. So, Azara, until next time. See you then. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.